selfless plug, but um, just encourage you to come along to the evening service tonight after we've had a bit of a break. Really felt after listening to Andrea's talk over the summer, and quite a few of us, certainly David and I, have been talking about that spiritual warfare and the fact that we're in a battle. And on uh, this evening, we just want to do some battling through our praise. So um, I've got a list of songs for Sam, those really victorious ones that declare that Jesus is the conqueror and the king. So come ready with scripture, prayers and praise. See you at six o'clock. Right, this morning I'm speaking on holiness. Oh, really? Really? Holiness? We've been doing a couple of months now, if not a bit longer, on relationship matters. And there's a shift now as we come, perhaps over the next six sermons, over eight or nine weeks, there are a number of other things that are filling in before we just close this season off, where we really shift from that, that relationship matters, where we've talked things about forgiveness, managing conflict, loving my neighbour, using your tongue well, all of those different areas which is about how I interact with others. And we really want to start to focus on that on that subtext underneath, God's desire for a community of believers. And the word community, it's just modern, it's used. God's, God's people, God's church, the body of Christ, God's desire to, to shift perhaps from me as an individual, how I should forgive, how I should watch what I say, how I should encourage. And more now over these next six weeks or so, a real focus on the community, on the body of Christ's. And this is the place that I wanted to start with this morning, that God is holy. How does that fit in with a community? Well, first of all, on the books that I read, and I do read books, every book that I read on holiness had to overcome a hurdle. Really, that they said that people think it's dull and boring, that it's grey, that it's just about a list of do's and don'ts, that it's another loop or hoop even, to jump through. It's just more stuff that we're putting in the way. I've got to be this. I've got to be righteous. I've got to be this. I've got to be holy. It's just more stuff. And it's just something I'll never attain. It's just one of those ideals that we talk and say, but it is not real. It's not within our grasp. All of those are a lie. Because I think we start with holiness. We start at the wrong place. We start... We start with, it's, it's, it's what I don't do and it's what I must do and it's all these lists of things that I shouldn't do, the commandments, the do's and the don'ts. And we start there and we miss the beauty and the strength that is the holiness of God. So this morning, I mean, as I've been reading, this is enormous. Andrea asked me, how long do you think you need? And I said, I actually think I need two weeks. And that's just on the aspects that I've decided to pull out. Holiness is huge. And I can't, in the small time we have today, even begin to touch on the depths and the beauty of the subject. So this morning, I'll be taking a very specific route. For some, it may be a different route. For some, it may not be, but let's start. 1 Peter 1.16, Be holy, for I am holy. Do you believe that? Do you believe that that is achievable, attainable within our grasp? I'm trying to use the right words, achieve, aim for, oh, we get love. But actually, if that's, imp- if that's an impossibility, then we have a mean, unfair God. 
who asks us to be something that we can never be. So we have to start from the fact that this is something I can be, or maybe this is something that I am. This is something that I am. And this phrase is first mentioned in Leviticus 11.44, when God is speaking to his children of Israel about what they should and shouldn't eat. It comes up again in Leviticus 19, 1 and 2, where God says, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord God, am holy. So Peter here brings it right up. You know, we can't get away from this. It's Leviticus. It's an odd book. It's a strange book. There's lots of things we can just not talk about. Peter brings that call to be holy right in to the New Testament, right into the New Covenant. Again, just in the next chapter, when speaking again to the children of Israel in, in Leviticus 20, in keeping away from spiritualists, we see the phrase again, be holy, for I am holy. At each turn here, God is speaking to a group of people, not as individuals, but as a nation that calls themselves God's people. And that's that shift here, God's desire for a community of believers is that we would be holy. Let's turn back to Peter. 1 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. So first of all, again, Peter is talking to a group of churches. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. It was all right, hey? He's talking to a group of people when he says, be holy as your God is holy. 1 Peter 2.9 says this. Hold on, let's just stay on my notes, not on the screen. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He's speaking to us as a group. He's speaking to us as the body of Christ. He goes on, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. And he continues, and once, who once were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So we see that when God speaks of holiness, he often talks to it as a group of people. The children of Israel be holy. You are a holy nation. You are a royal priesthood. He's speaking to us as a body, as a group of people. God's desire for a community of believers is that we be holy. Why? Because God is holy. Holiness, what does it mean? It means Quadesh. Oh, hold on, let me back up then. <laughs> this, is, this is the first time ex, um, the word holy is captured in Scripture. Exodus 3, 5, then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Quadesh. Can you say that? Quadesh. You Hebrew. That was not very good, actually. Come on. He's making a statement. It's American. Quadesh. Thank you. You Hebrew scholars. I do that joke in, in, in schools that I go into and, and preach. I tell them to say the word pastor because it's Greek. And I say, you're Greek scholars. And one child says, sir, how are we Greek scholars when you've just taught us one word? It's just a joke. <laughs> Never work with kids. Now, there is no doubt that it has a strong... Oh, sorry. 
And what does that mean? It means set apart, separated, sacredness. It means set apart. And actually, at its root, do you know, it actually means, I thought I'd do a visual. I thought Andrea will like this because she's into visuals. At its root, it actually means to cut. Now, don't ask me why, but I thought of doing this with one of our bedsheets. I have no idea why I felt it had to be a bedsheet, you know. And then, and then you see, as you can tell, I'm a lefty. And my mum would always say, you're caggy-handed, Ben. And it's like, and what that meant was, I just couldn't cut to save my life. But holiness actually means to cut, to separate. I want to get one in the middle. Claire, cut me a circle out in the middle, please. I need a middle. There you go. It, it actually means to cut, to separate. So actually then there comes that understanding, actually to be holy means to separate. I want that to be round, but it's got the scissors. means to be separated. And it's as though, there you go, look at it. Come on, hurry up, quick, quickly. God separates us from the world. God pulls us out. Yeah? God makes us, you go, oh, that's, that's far too big. You should have known. Yeah? And there's this, in my vision when I did this, these were some great holes just in the middle. Yeah? But God, but God cuts us out. God, God cuts us out. If this is the world, when you are holy... He cuts you. He takes you and he separates you. And he takes all the pieces, yeah, all, all the pieces and he creates it into one. And it's called the body of Christ. Holiness is to be set apart, removed, my own special people. You, he talks as a body now. You, he looks at you, he says, you are my special people. My children have got special things and they have a box and they put their special things in their special box and then we lose the box. But the point is, is that God keeps us and he separates us and he calls us then the body of Christ. What is holy? Holy is to be separated Holy is to be cut. Holy is to be taken out. Hold on, let me get my stuff. And made into the things of God. Are you holy? I am separated and made part of the body of Christ. The word holy starts with God's desire for a community of believers. He separates us for himself, brings us together and forms us into a new person in the body of Christ. Holiness Seat? Seated. <laughs> seated. It's seated in relationship with God. Hebrews 8.10 says this, I will be their God and they will be my people. Leviticus, back again. Um, I will walk among them and you will be... And, and I, will more, <laughs> I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. See, holiness starts with relationship. This talks about a deep deep relationship where God has set us apart for himself. The problem is we start holiness with a list of things I must do. A list of things I must do. 
It speaks firstly of a deep, deep relationship, God with his people. Now this isn't just Israel, it's God's people. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, his own special people. This goes even further. The word ecclesia has evolved incorrectly to be used as simply an assembly of people. The church is now, if you look at it up, it says it's an assembly of people. But if you go back to the origination of that word, it actually means assembly of people, an assembly of people set apart. And in fact, actually, if you then study a little bit more, they would call them the called out ones. Holy. The called out ones set apart. That's holy. It starts with that and our relationship with Christ and then leads on to how we live. We are not holy because of how we work with what we do. We're holy because God declares it. Let us remember that this whole series started in Ephesians. And I'm reading here from the New Living Translation. For Christ himself has brought, a, has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of, us, of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other has put us to death. Jumping down to 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. You are citizens, along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple before the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made a part of this dwelling where God lives in spirit. Paul was trying to do there is to say to the Gentiles, you're just as much apart. But get the point here. We're a new people. When we're born again, we're cut out. We're not the same as we existed before. We're a new community of believers living a different way and we're citizens of heaven. And this is, do you remember, this is our embassy. This is where we hang out. And when we're inside the embassy, where are we? When we're inside the American embassy, um, Alison, when you go into the American embassy tomorrow, where will you be? In America. Oh, I don't know. London, isn't it? Hold on, that's where I'm going. <laughs> You're being in America. When we come inside the, the assembly, no, um, I've lost the word, embassy, when we come into the embassy that is church, the ecclesia, we're in heaven. Right now, you're in heaven. Wouldn't be a mark on the floor if we were in heaven. But do you get the point? We are called out. We are set apart. We are citizens of heaven. Paul then points us to Jesus as the only one who, who could and did make this happen. Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brings us together. He makes us a new people and he declares us holy. Say, I am holy because God calls me holy. Not because of what I do. I could never attain it. You, you're losing me now, aren't you? You're like, is he going to stop soon? 
I am holy. Because God calls me holy. Amen. We are not holy first because of how we live. There you go. We are holy because of what Christ did and our turning to Christ calls, us to, calls God to proclaim, you are holy. Ten minutes in, not talked once about how we should live. It does come. Just hold that thought though. I want to return to this special people, this holy nation that we have now become. Here in Shirley, Solely Hull, we have become a special group of people set aside for Christ. When I was at Seoul Survivor a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to a lady who worked for an organisation called Eden. And Eden basically um, send urban missionaries. I was interested in your prayer, right on our doorstep, urban missionaries to go into an area to be the gospel to people. They say they're the place in greatest need of our transforming power of Jesus are often the places where the church is in decline. And, and I thought I would shamelessly um, s- s- support them there. But they... They take you away, they train you, and then they send you into areas to be the gospel. They get you to move there, to find a job, to work alongside, to go to a local church, and there is this sense, I am on assignment. I am there as part of the Eden, not the Eden project, keep wanting to say it, you know, as part of the Eden group, and I'm there. And I talk about, and I've prayed about where I should go, and I started to get really excited, because I've been thinking about holiness, I said, do you know what, that's incredible. Because it's just, that's what we all are. Do you know, every single one of us are actually on an assignment. Amen. We are here. And she said, even then we kind of infiltrate the area and we just live and work and have our being like everybody else does. But we're there with a purpose. We're there with a mission. And there's that sense of, that's incredible. Because that's like all of us. We all now have been set apart, trained up, discipled to go and live in a world that needs Jesus. And a faith started to fall. I'm thinking, why? And I'm getting really excited. I'm going it. And I think, oh gosh, I'm completely undoing her work. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. You know, there, there is that and that's good. But there's this sense of that's who we are. We've been called out. We've been called out for a purpose. We've been set apart to go and infiltrate the area we live in. Imagine this. Now, I don't know I want to take away from the specific role that Eden and other charities are doing by making the next point. But because those who work with Eden have signed up to the organisation, have done some training, have shared where in the country their heart is, they have now been sent into that area to change it for Jesus. Clearly on a mission, they clearly have an assignment. It's exciting. This is the Christian life. I want you this morning to get a sense that you are a group of people being called out. You are in it together. You've realised something. We've seen those films, you know, um, there's a big organisation that's controlling the whole area, but there's something not right about them. There's something that's not right about them, and they're keeping it from them, and they're actually killing everybody. They're actually doing something terrible on the whole globe. Maybe the planet is dying, and we realise that we're all dying. For some, death is soon. For others, it may be far off, but we're going to die. Think of a disaster movie. You realise that the only way to truly live is to follow the leader in the film. So you turn to him. He takes you out of the situation. 
There is an excitement. You are saved. It's wonderful. You've known for some time that something is wrong, but since you met him, it all makes sense. He draws you to a place. He sets you apart. He gives you new clothes. He gives you a new heart. Oh, that one there. He gives you a new way of thinking. He trains you and disciples you. And as a group, he says, right, now we've got to go back. We've got to go back to the place we've come from and we've got to get more people because everybody in that place is going to die. And they go in and they kind of, they maybe don't know who their co-workers are, but they've got like this sign or this symbol that they wear. You've seen those films. And every now and again, they'll just be, watching the road sweep and they'll see he's got a symbol on and he's with them and there's like this little like thing I don't want to do a handshake because that's someone else isn't it you know and there's this thing to say that we're part of this group that wants to overcome things that wants to actually stop stop death and pull people out we've seen those movies I want you to get this with holiness this morning This called out set of people have been called out to go back into the world and infiltrate it for Jesus. The living comes, but just if this is all you get in the time we've got this morning, holy, cut, taken out, made into a body, trained, discipled, Sorted out, given new clothes, a new heart, clean hands. What's the last one? A, a new way of thinking. Holiness is transformational. And then it's also missional. Go out. Go out and infiltrate the world. We need to have that view. We need to have that sense. You're not just here living every day. You're living every day for Jesus. You're living every day for Jesus. You're on mission. You're on an assignment. Let's stop and holiness is transformational. Let's just take stock. So, holiness. Often when God speaks of holiness, it's about the people of God. Being holy is first about being called out and set apart. Why? Because um, we become God's special people, God's holy nation. We're transformed. And God declares us as holy. All of that, and I have not once yet mentioned how you behave. Because it's seated in this place. It's seated in a relationship with God through what Jesus has done. Through through what Jesus has done. And he's right. It's seated in a relationship with God through what Jesus has done. He calls us out. He makes us clean. He calls us holy. Jesus has done it all, but we are, and we are holy. The problem is sometimes we don't feel like it. I think we feel more like this. But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our inquiries like the wind have taken us away. And again, we kind of read Romans 3 and we don't read it all. We just remember that, well, we've all sinned and fallen short. In many ways, the answer is yes. But this is part of continuing the good news that Jesus has to offer. You are holy. I don't feel it. I feel sometimes like filthy rags. 
I'm just reminded that I've fallen short every single day. And this is the beauty, because this is the good news of Jesus Christ. Back to Ephesians. Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. God, Christ, reconciled you. He reconciles you through his work on the cross. And the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling. God lives in us as spirit. It's the work of Jesus. It's not about how you feel. Yes, our rags are dirty. Yes, we've sinned and fallen short. The good news is Jesus justifies you. He calls you righteous and he makes you holy. We are holy because God proclaims it because of the price God's Son paid for us. Holiness is the product of God's grace towards us. It's a gift. We don't deserve to be called holy, yes, but we can't live there. We're denying the incredible work of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. Holiness is the product of God's grace towards us. We are called out, I've said that an awful lot, haven't I? Set apart for God, discipled to look like Jesus. This is called sanctified. Holiness is therefore transformational only because it is confirmational to the image of Jesus Christ. We become more like him. What? It's transformational only in confirmational what? In brummy terms, we become more like Christ. We look more like him, holy. Holiness or sanctification is less about what we do or don't do. It is in fact more about what God does and has done in Jesus Christ. Amen? Holiness, what Christ has done for us. And it's out of that place of relationship, that place of being called out, that we now talk about our conduct. 1 Peter 1, 3 to 16, it all says, Therefore, gird up your loins. It means be ready. Come on of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who has called you holy, you also be holy in your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. The trouble is we focus on conduct too early and too soon. And it is huge. And as we come to an end, we have to realize that holiness is only birthed in us out of that relationship with Jesus. Not because of what we do, but because of what he has done in us and through us and for us. Now I can walk in my conduct holy. Now I can be white. And it is all those things. Most of you have been Christians many years. You know about holiness because we go, no, I can't do it. God says, I know. Isn't that wonderful? Be holy as I am holy. I can't. He just loves it. You get it? It's the paradox. He loves it when we realize we can't do it. He says, and now I'll call you holy. Stamps. I won't do that. Stamps you on your head. Holy. 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 And then it's like, now I walk in it. It's like, it's like I'm wearing the badge, metaphorically. So it's like I walk taller 
Because I know what Christ has done. I know the price he's paid. And I know the grace that God has given me to walk in his way. Therefore, I don't sin. Therefore, I grapple with, with, with the sins and the lust that's in me. It's why we need other people. Because we can't do it on our own. When we're on our own, those sins that will always be a weakness to us, we start to talk. And we say, well, I haven't done it for a long time. I've been pretty good of late, therefore it won't matter. And it could be anything. Greed, lust, covetousness. It could be even worse. You could have a, a perpetual habit of stealing, just small things. Well, I've been really good. It won't m- matter. There is no doubt that the word holy has a strong connotation of being clean, pure, righteous. However, it comes first from being set apart and called God's special people. It comes from relationship. It is only then out of this setting that we now walk in our holiness that we turn our attention to conduct. Romans 6, 19, I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. What is sanctification? Holiness. When we choose because of the relationship to walk different, it affirms what God has spoken. It works out what God has declared, you are holy. You are holy. Much of our good conduct of things we know, it is the sense that you are holy. You are God's special people. Of course, you walk in a certain way. It cannot start from a set of rules or do's and don'ts. When it's seated in relationship, it's more about what I long to do for him and what I want to keep away from for him. What I long to do for him and what I want to keep away for, for him. It's all about him and the relationship within us. Peter understood this, that it would be a battle. And he says this, he says this in 1 Peter 2, 11, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers called out to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. This is the battle at the individual level. Peter, Paul, Jesus, God knows that it will be a struggle. Why do you think he's put you in a family? You come on an assignment, comes and it was so hard this week at work. All they were talking about was going down the pub and just getting smashed. It's all they talk about. And I so want to fit in. I'm there to change them, but I can't get to know them. And unless I seem to go with them and I get caught up And I find that I just drink and I drink. Help me, church. You know, it was really hard this week when we went down the gym. It was all that stuff about where the church has fallen short. And the guy that I run with every week just bashed the church again and again and again. And I felt I had just no comeback. Because I could see it. People have fallen short. And we pray for one another. Help me. I'm a single guy and there's a girl at work who desperately wants to sleep with me. I want to as well. Will you help me, church? You see, you see the community? You see the way it works when we're not in it on our 
her own. Do you see why God talks about holiness as a people and not as an individual? Because we come to this place. Not only is the community, the body of Christ, the place where we get equipped and sent out, it's the place where we can be honest and real and say, help, help me be holy. Help me walk clean. Help me walk refreshed. Help me walk renewed. So holiness, it is transformational. It's missional. We haven't had time to talk about this, but Jesus ate with prostitutes and tax collectors. We're not to be called out, so we're just, we're just protected within our embassy, that we never touch other people. That isn't holiness. That isn't the called out ones. We're called out to be made clean, and then we are sent out to make a change for this world. He touched lepers, thus by their laws making him unclean. He spoke to sinners. He ate with them, making him undesirable. Gosh, no, being holy isn't that we mix with people. Read the story of Zechariah. It draws people to God when we walk as holy sons and daughters of the living God. So we should be this holy community. We should be trained up discipled. Gosh, have you seen some of the disciple tools and some of the the opportunities to be discipled that we have? There's an incredible workshop going on in a few weeks. I've rearranged my Saturdays to be there on the 29th where you'll be equipped and grown. It's discipleship. Soul Survivor was um, over my anniversary um, and so this year Claire and the girls came down for a day. And we just were able to spend a day together. So Chloe was in one of their meetings. Chloe's my eldest daughter. And she is big sister. But she desperately wants a big sister. So she clung to some of the older girls. She wouldn't go on a scooter that her mum had brought down. She wouldn't play with any of her toys that her mum had brought down because the girls weren't on their scooters. The older girls weren't on their toys. And then she got in this big, big arena with, I don't know, 3,000 other people. And she watched how the girls worshipped, and she worshipped exactly the same. I pulled James and said, discipleship. It goes from from the workshop on the 29th to hanging out with like-minded people and letting them rub off. It's discipleship. It's the holy process working within us. Holy. There's some questions, they'll be on the the, the website. It's good to ponder, but I don't feel to come on to them now. I just want us to be quiet for a moment just before the children come back in. And I want you to embrace, if nothing else, that God calls you holy. His special people his royal priesthood, his holy nation. Let's just take a moment.